I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A man from Pembroke Dock who stole an air fryer from B&M Bargains in the town has been fined £80. 48-year-old Stephen Charge of Pembroke appeared before the court in Haverford West on July 6th. He admitted the theft of the £129 TFAL air fryer from the shop on April 22nd. In addition to the fine, he was also ordered to pay compensation of £129, a surcharge of £34 and £85 costs to the Crown Prosecution Service. Ministers have confirmed that face coverings will continue to play an important role in helping keep people safe from coronavirus in Wales. As the Welsh Government prepares to publish an updated coronavirus control plan setting out what will happen beyond alert level one, face coverings will continue to be required in certain settings such as public transport and taxis, health and social care as a minimum, whilst coronavirus remains a public health threat. Further consideration is being given to whether face coverings should also be required in other settings such as retail if restrictions are relaxed further. First Minister Mark Drakeford said we know many people are still worried and anxious about going out. We will maintain the requirement to wear face coverings in certain places like public transport, health and social care settings and others where necessary to help keep us all safe. On Friday, Education Minister Jeremy Miles wrote to all schools in Wales explaining that wearing face coverings in the classroom will no longer be recommended from September. The First Minister will make a statement on Wednesday setting out the outcome of the 21-day review and providing further details on the new Alert Level Zero. A second arrest for drug driving was made in the county town in the space of 24 hours. The man was arrested in Haverford West for driving on cannabis on Saturday night. Pembrokeshire Road Policing released a statement saying a man was arrested for providing a positive drug wipe for cannabis following a stop check in Haverford West. The man provided blood samples at custody before being released under investigation pending analysis of his blood samples. A new side effect linked to the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccine jabs has been added to the official list by the UK Medicines Watchdog. As the vaccine programme continues to roll out across the country, the latest COVID Vaccine July updates extremely rare reports of mycocarditis and pericarditis have been added to the guidance. The Commission on Human Medicines, the MHRA and the government's independent expert advisory body has conducted a thorough review of suspected adverse reaction reports of mycocarditis and pericarditis following COVID-19 vaccination. Vaccinated individuals are advised to seek immediate medical attention should they experience a new onset of chest pain, shortness of breath, palpitations or symptoms of arrhythmia. Dr June Rain, MHRA Chief Executive, said we have carefully reviewed reports of suspected adverse reactions involving types of heart inflammation known as myocarditis and pericarditis. We have concluded that the COVID-19 vaccines made by Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna may be linked with a small increase in the risk of these very rare conditions. The cases tend to be mild and the vast majority recovered with simple treatment and rest. The government added saying that there had been a consistent pattern of cases occurring more frequently in young males and shortly after the second dose of the vaccine. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire.
and welcome back to Pure West Sport. You are listening in association with G&G Builders. And it has gone 8 o'clock, which means I'm joined with Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas. Uh, good evening, Fraser. How are you doing? Not too bad, Tom. Bit bleary-eyed. Late night last night. Football didn't quite come home for, a, for our friend Mr Stone or for England, but... The uh, tremendous European Championships in terms of the football, if you ignore all the background noise, but unfortunately that, that very noise has been impossible to ignore, isn't it? And I'm sure that's something we'll come on to later. It's been very loud. Bill Khan, how are you doing this evening? I'm OK. I've had a surfeit of sport watching on a weekend, I'm ashamed to say. I've watched all sorts of cracking competitions. I thrilled to the Tour de France in parts there. Djokovic winning. Uh, Ash Barty, I was chuffed to see her win. And I watched too much sport this week. As Fraser's just informed me, there's cricket tomorrow and the Open Golf starts on Thursday. So I've got two quiet days this week at least. <laughs> Mrs. Khan will be delighted. <laughs> and last but by no means least, Gordon Thomas, how's, how's your week been? Oh, it's been great. I enjoyed uh, uh, the football last night. I thought it was a great game of football. Unfortunately, England lost on penalties, but I have to applaud them reaching the final, which is a, a great achievement. Um, the, the the moronic supporters who were fighting to get into Wembley and, uh, you know, they, they started on Leicester Square, made a hell of a mess there as well. I thought they were absolute tripe. Uh, mm. I, I think they're disgusting, actually. Um, so I just wanted to take the positives from the football side of it. I wish, uh, you know, Gareth uh, Southgate was uh, really uh, diplomatic in defeat. I, I applaud that. I was really uh, disappointed with the three uh, lads that missed their penalties. But fair play, Italy have been probably the best side throughout the tournament. And they they, they got their, their just rewards by winning the European Championships. And congratulations to them. Yes, Bill. Can I just, yeah, can I just say, Tom, I'm a bit surprised at Gordon saying... He thought it was a great game of football. I was bored silly for long parts of it. <laughs> I really was. At the end of it, I thought, why have I spent three hours watching that? I echo everything Gordon said about the, the English players. But, you know, Italy, why won the captain sent off for trying to throttle that young boy? Uh, but what's his name? Saka, Saka, is it? Saka yeah. yeah. That, that was an assault. Union. That was an assault in front of the referee. Should have been sent off. And he's there then waving his arms up and going to shake hands with a kid in 19. He should have gone. I thought it wasn't a good game of football. i got to say that. The first goal was stunning. Their goal was a bit fortunate. I was bored to tears. The Sorry. second half in <laughs> yeah. particular was like an Italian masterclass of how to keep possession, which didn't make for a very entertaining fixture at all. No! Um, last week we had a soundbite from, from Ben. I didn't, I didn't ask him this week for obvious reasons, but he has been on Twitter. And uh, he was like, so hard to take. Penalties again, but this England side have done us proud and reached our first final in 55 years. You can talk about what we could have done better, of course, but we played against a strong Italy side and it went all the way. And that Italy side beat Wales, of course, and Portugal beat Wales and went on to win, and Brazil beat Wales way back when, and they went on to win. So uh, it, it bodes well for Welsh football. So you're saying you <laughs> yeah, get past us, you win the tournament. Was that a little dig out Welsh football there, Tom? Was it? That's a compliment. You've got to beat Wales to, 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 win, to win a trophy. <laughs> uh, exactly. And as for Gordon's comment about the, the so-called supporters who broke in, they should be chucked in prison. Get him into prison for a few weeks. That'll stop him. There have been some... Horrible- Gordon's got a better solution than I got. <laughs> Go on then, Gordon. Yeah, I, I, I'd round up all the best 
best boxers in the country, use them as security guards, and when they break in, shut the doors, and they'd have a really enjoyable evening with them. <laughs> a cup of tea at the yeah, gym. Yeah. I think FIFA, I believe FIFA are due to meet this week, aren't they, to discuss um, 2030 bids for the World Cup, of which the UK's is one of them. Could be yeah. some interesting assessment of what's going on this weekend at that meeting. Well, they were yeah, fined in midweek, of course, for, mm. for, for for not being able to control their fans. So that, that assessment is certainly anyway. Not well, young Tom, did you have a good weekend? I have had a good weekend, thank you. I too sat down and watched the uh, watched the football, and as Fraser just said, it's it's not good for an early morning breakfast show. Uh, the show host to be up at midnight watching the watching the kickoffs and having to feel the emotions of it. Um, but no, it's uh, it was a good weekend of sport. Bill, you've already alluded to it, but you watched some some tennis as well, and also the Tour de France. So Djokovic becoming well, equaling the all time greats of Federer and Nadal, yeah. and getting to yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and it's an interesting yeah. one because he's not someone who's ever enjoyed the adulation that Federer has. Yeah. I think perhaps Federer has always been considered the more aesthetically pleasurable player, if that makes sense. Technically, mm. so gifted, Djokovic yeah. is probably more workmanlike, more based on, on fitness and energy. But you know, he, he's up there now. He's matched him. I think it's inevitable that he'll pass him. You know, yeah. he's almost saw a yeah. declining Federer in this Wimbledon. I think physically, and and you can't take that from away from him. Statistically, you can have all the the arguments. That, around it in context and everything statistically yeah. he's on course to become the greatest player in the history of the game now mm. it was interesting to listen to his speech yesterday too Fraser you said like Nadal and Federer were the, the two guys and Murray had a little spell mm. but he, he recognised how good those guys were and he'd, he'd actually learnt to lose against them and it took him a decade before mm. he could actually turn it around yeah. and he says that's what players have to go through is the, the the difficult times and he knows how to win because he didn't particularly play well against the Italian on no. Sunday but he, he won the vital points to win the games and he always kept his nose in front even though he went one set down the first set down he, he just came back and he was well measured and he just got the job done yeah. great great performance yeah. yeah well yeah and if you said me what the highlight of my weekend might surprise some people let's face it the tour de france is a great event but if they're on a flat 220 kilometers it's not the most exciting thing to watch but watching yeah. mark cavendish get his 35th sprint uh, to win a, 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 a sort of a day on the on the tour that made my weekend. What a character. Little fella, he outshone them all. They were all queuing up to try and get him out of the way. And he won that. That last, well, I suppose 40 seconds of that was a highlight of my weekend. <laughs> so well done, the Manx missile, that's what I say. And of course, he's come back from what was thought to be a career-ending injury, didn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 The fact that he's yeah. even there is remarkable and in itself. Level on stage wins with the great Eddie Merckx, I believe, now as well. Yeah, Another iconic is, name yeah. cycling. Yeah. So that that's, speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? That is fantastic. And um, it's not something that we often talk about, but he's a character that I don't think we should necessarily ignore. But Conor McGregor was also back in the Pentagon uh, last night or the night before for UFC, but forced to retire within the round one. Yeah, look, I mean, there's probably people now in the UFC world watching this talking about what a tremendous salesman he is being being on his backside there and, and, and still promoting his next fight. He's a obnoxious prat. You know, and and his career, which was his career, which was once you know up in light, is going downhill badly. You know, since since he took that that payday against Floyd Mayweather in that boxing farce, I think yeah. he's lost three out of his last four fights. He was outclassed in that first round by Dustin Poirier. That was clean to see a guy had already lost two already, and and I think, you know, he needs to go away now from from trying so hard to be this entertainer and, and being this salesman and actually go back to to winning UFC fights.
points again. Otherwise, you know, he's going to be remembered as a guy who, who disintegrated quite badly towards the end of his career. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, Tom, are we allowed to use Pratt on here? I hope so. Consider retirement, Fraser McGregor. I think you should consider retirement. It's getting a little bit of an embarrassment. Him talking himself up, and he can't back it up with his fighting. Let's no. be right. He's going to end up with a YouTube fight. Um, the, the Logan Paul keeps calling him out. I think that's yeah. the, inev- the inevitability of it all. Sadly, um, Jason Chapman's been in touch. Who's agreeing with you, Bill? Uh, oh, great. He thinks that, well, yeah. thinks that South The Milfords always stick together, Tom. <laughs> he, thinks that, Thank you, Jason. he thinks that Southgate was too negative towards the end. He had enough quality on the bench to cause Italy problems. They couldn't handle pace. Italians backing off Sterling couldn't cope. So, hey, well, my argument with that is uh, he actually got him to the final, so you can't be too critical. No, and he's agreeing with me, and I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say they were too uh, defensive. I thought they... The English team were brilliant. I can't fault one, not one person or Southgate. I'd give him a knighthood and I'd give them all a little memento. Although they did take their medals off at the end, that disappointed me a bit. Yeah, I don't like that. All, that, um... all I know is Harry Maguire will take the penalties at Man United next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He broke the camera. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot to be said for that, isn't it? When you've got the surreality of the moment, the pressure of a European Championship final and a penalty shootout and for a centre-back stick into the old mantra of get your foot through it <laughs> you know? yeah yeah what was it she used to say did you go for um, directional pace and you did both yeah. Maguire both yeah. <laughs> um, but Bill just mentioned there about the runners-up medals being taken off so Gordon and Fraser you've been you've played at a high level both what was going through their head when they're collecting the, those runners-up medals what, why is it that they barely even let them touch their shoulders before taking off I don't like it Percy there's bitter disappointment you know and, and if I was in their position, as soon as I go back to the change room, it would, it would be off and, and probably not out the bag again. I get that. But I think to do that so publicly looked a little petulant. Um, you, always, you had that divide then, just two players staying behind to watch the trophy presentation, Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips. I think you either make your, as a squad, you watch that and you take the hurt from it and you vow not to feel that hurt again you know or if you are going to go off you go off together I always think it looks bad when it's disjointed you know so I totally understand the hurt and, and disappointment well I don't understand the hurt and disappointment <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine it but you know I think there is a lot for said for not being petulant and, and staying dignified in that moment however difficult it could be yeah, yeah can I just say oh, as yeah. well I like I like your comment about Gordon and Fraser you've got plenty of medals I got more than the two of those put together a lot of them have had table tennis, but it's still... No, he didn't, say, he didn't say medals. He said play at a higher level, Bill. I don't know. Oh, well, I played play at a higher level in Sydney oh. cricket than the pair of you put together. I apologise, yeah. Bill. I'm, I'm, okay. sure, I'm, sure, no, I'm, I'm, bit... I'm showing my inexperience. I'm anyway, I'll go back to the question, Tom. I'll go back to the question. I think that uh, footballers should take a leaf out of rugby players' books. If you ever watch the World Cup in rugby final, they both clap each other off, they shake mm. hands, and they uh, they just they receive their medals respectively, and uh, you know they do things properly on a rugby pitch. But I'm afraid footballers are a little bit um, not in the real world, as to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think it's disrespectful for um, the game itself not to yeah. stand there and applaud the winning side. Because at the end of the day. We- Everybody loses. Nobody wins every game, and you just have to be mindful of that. 
Yeah, I'd love to agree with you, but England rugby, when they had runners up to South Africa, did take their medals. Yeah, off. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And Tom, can I say, I was only joking. I know. Um, but I am a bit sensitive because I've had a lot of criticism on Twitter, and these boys are delighted about that. <laughs> when I'm the most inoffensive 74 year old I well, know. Used to be. No, we beg to differ there. Steering up trouble in England this week, let alone Pembroke. <laughs> um, talking of rugby, lastly, um, the, the Lions are playing a a South Africa A team. Um, Razor, what are your thoughts on this A team? I, th- I think business has just picked up, hasn't it? It's an interesting <laughs> move from South Africa. They need their they need their prime players to get game time, um, and it's a risk they've thrown them in there to what promises now to be an incredibly physical, intense clash. You know, well, and, yeah. and you're going to risk the pot, run the risk of, of injury and, and what have you. I don't think it's quite the Lions team that we'll see for the first test but it's certainly their most meaningful fixture a lot more meaningful than Saturday so you know what what originally appeared like a mundane midweek game is now going to be a ferocious clash I think it's going to be the most the most gripping view so far and the Lions need it they've yeah. had easy run out so far we've we've had this fast with two back-to-back matches against the Sharks so to come Wednesday now there'll be a lot more eyes on it and a lot more intrigue around that one I think so Gordon it's a bit more than just a starter isn't it uh, South African uh, are known for softening up the opposition, especially touring sides. And uh, I believe uh, because, as Fraser just pointed out, they haven't had enough game time. They need their test side out there to start uh, playing some rugby. And they, at the end of the day, they are the world champions as well. So um, the Lions will have to... Uh, play really well to get a result against uh, these guys on Wednesday evening and um, we'll just wait and see what happens it's going to be an interesting test series as well (laughs) so um, that's if any of the Lions top stars are available because they could be uh, broken arms legs and whatever uh, come the time of the test matches so I'm just hoping that they can stay injury free Yeah. Uh, and have a, a, a decent shot at them when the proper test match begins. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens yeah. after Wednesday. And of course, Bill, they were taken. Well, the first half was the was the Chelsea Sharks um, the kind of run out. They came back with a vengeance. This is going to be a more bruising encounter then. Yeah, England were poor. Uh, sorry, the Lions were poor in the, in the first half. Um, but they they. Got to, you see, like Gordon said, Humphrey, it's going to be interesting what team they pick. Do they pick their best side now? Or do they pick their weaker side and say, you can try and kick hell out of us? <laughs> but that's it. Oh, and the most boring thing I saw on the weekend, I forgot to mention, was in uh, Wales 20, Argentina 20. Of course. Didn't, even, course. didn't, didn't even cross my mind to mention. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Argentina playing a, a big chunk of that time, man down. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Good box kick in mind. Wales, some Greek box kicking. Oh, good. But well, a lot of people saying Thomas Williams yeah. should be with the Lions squad. Yeah, made a pronouncement, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Um, we've got Rob Edwards, chairman of Havos Bluebirds, joining us after after the break. Chaps, thank you very much. We've covered all sorts of uh, different sports there. It's been, it's been a good conversation. So stick with Pure West Sport on a Monday evening in association with G&G Builders. We'll be back with Rob Edwards after this. Ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. 
Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Oh, where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. At Teas R Us, our services range from one-off t-shirt printing and slogans to embroidered clothing and uniforms for business and clubs. Whether your design needs to look crisp and professional or it's just a bit of fun, our experienced embroiders and t-shirt printers offer high quality products at very competitive prices. Remember, if your business needs to look like a team, we can help design a logo and embroider it or screen print it onto quality clothing, especially on workwear or for sports clubs and schools. Personalised clothing from Teas R Us. We can take care of it all. Find us at Rumbleway Service Station New Hedges, 10B in Law Street, Pembroke Dock and Prendergast in Haverford West. Tease are us. Pure West Sometimes I just can't take it. Sometimes I just can't take it and it isn't alright. I'm not gonna make it. I'm like a broken record I'm like a broken record And I'm not playing right Just say the call about it, kill me Till you tell me you're not having a phone Come on, come on, ooh, 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 Come on, come on Don't let go
Play with higher power playing for you here on a Monday evening. It is Pure West Sport in association with G&G Builders. I'm joined with Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas and Rob Edwards. Bill Kahn, if you wouldn't mind doing doing us the, the introductions. Yes, yeah, a nice time to get Rob on because he's the chairman of Abbott West County. He came in last year, revitalised everything there, brought in lots of new players. Exciting time. Uh, there were some good and some bad, like all when they're starting out, but overall, a great season. So, Rob, thanks for coming on. You've had one friendly on Friday night. Uh, you've got several uh, friendlies in the pipeline now before the big days start. You're looking forward to it? I am, yeah, yeah. Pleasure to be on. Thank you. And uh, nice, nice to speak to you guys. Um, yeah, we had a good good friendly on Friday, good workout. Um, Britain Ferry and no doubt going to be favourites to uh, to come up to the Cumbria Premier. So it was a big... Uh, Tough start, bold start to uh, to go straight against a very good team. Three or four weeks ahead of us in in pre season, obviously their league or their their cup cup season starts on uh, on Saturday. And I thought I thought we played well. The new signings in really well. There was a good cohesion. I think bit bit of un- unfortunate circumstances regarding the first goal caught out for the second. I think the second half we uh, we really came into the game and we played really well. On another day, it could have been four or five two. I don't think the the opposition would have. Uh, could have questioned that we 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 should have been comfortable winners really. So just lacking that bit of, bit of sharpness, bit of cutting edge. But what was it was really pleasing, obviously being the first game, just to uh, to see a lot of the new players, particularly bedded in so well and on the same page. And we look really good. I was really happy. Good. All the all the friendly matches are away. Is that because the Bridge Meadow is still not quite ready after all the work that's been done on the, on the start of the season? It is. There's some TLC going into the ground. As you know, uh, the boys down there are very proud of the pitch um, and they do a fantastic job. It's always in such great condition. Um, yeah, needed some needed some love during the uh, during the preseason. So uh, yeah, we're, we're not travelling too far, but um, yeah, we get some. We'll get the games in. Um, obviously, the the league cup starts the week before, so there's potential for for home tie then before the league starts. Um, but yeah, no, we're not travelling too far. Um, Give the pitch its time to uh, to be in the best condition. Obviously, it's going to be a long season this year. Hopefully, with no no breaks, no uh, no COVID issues, and we'll play right through. So, uh, yeah, we need it need it in the best condition. You guys would have seen it. It's always a it's always a carpet. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, needs its time to uh, to get ready for us. Rob, it was your first season in charge uh, as chairman um, last season. Obviously, this is your second one. There's obviously been a, a few uh, players uh, changed. That happens at every club. We know that. Uh, obviously, uh, just missing out on that top six was a, a really good season as far as I was concerned for Huffle West County going back into the top flight. 
Obviously, you're bringing players in now. Is it your ambition to uh, try and get into the top six next season, or are you going to be patient and, and wait a little longer? No, top top six is the plan next season. I think we were victims of our own success last year, particularly with regards to the UEFA license, which we've spoken about. And yeah, obviously, top six would have been lovely. It wouldn't have impacted us in, in any way going forward, other than just being guaranteed that spot and testing ourselves again against the top teams. But yeah, we yeah. we never for a moment at the start of the season thought we would be in with a shout going into the last game of being in the top six. So a credit to, to Wayne, the coaching team and, and the players for for the effort they put in and the results that we managed to to get during that point. Um, but yeah, 10th was, I know Bill's probably asked Wayne that question 15 times what the target would be and Wayne's response is always 10th and we're, we're always on the same page there that that was the priority. We're not going to go in thinking that we're going to we're going to achieve a certain level, and ultimately, it's a competitive league. Team's been in that division for a long time. There's season players in that league, and we had a lot of youngsters. A lot have not played at that league, and a lot that have not really played many first team games for Halford West, let alone the division they've played in. So we had to be realistic. But what they've shown is they can handle it. We've, we've taken four points off off Bala. We've taken three off Barry. We probably take, should have taken at least four off TNS, but that home win was certainly the highlight of the season. And it shows that, that tactically we can be able to with the best. And it shows that the players buy into what he's doing and, and the sheer quality of that performance and the discipline shows that we, we can beat anyone. And that's really, we want to take that take away the last sort of eight games that would be disappointed. Uh, that wasn't a true reflection on, on Halford West. I think well, every club suffered with the intense yeah. number of games, but we just we probably didn't cope with it as well as others. And I think suspensions and injuries kicked in. We're not a big squad and I guess having nothing to play for in terms of uh, that seventh spot or uh, as, as as it shouldn't mentally, it is something you can't avoid. And, and it, a few factors were against us, but um, no excuses for some of the results, but um, overall there, were, there was a few factors there which, which probably didn't help. But no, we, we achieved the goal. We've shown that on our day we can we can be the best. And I think what we what we realised probably even before the end of the season, even even when we were performing quite well, I think January February time we need we realised we needed experience. And yeah. sometimes when these young players they're they're not having the best day, they're kind of four or five out of ten. That when you've got an experienced player next to them, they sort of bring them up to a to a six at least. They they, they won't accept that, that that level of performance. So we highlighted that early on, and we've we've kind of stalked our our targets and had our list of people that we wanted to bring in for this season and make a big difference. And fortunately, we've been able to get most of them. So I think we're in a much better place. The players that have been in the in the division last season have got that experience. They've improved as, as players, improved as people, and. Yeah, they they could be huge assets, and, and having these five senior players that've been around in the league for a long, long time of a particular quality will will add to. Them. So no, I'm, I'm I'm really excited this season, and we're all clear that the top six is is the target. Rob, okay. Mason Jones, Thomas, your, your latest signings. You've obviously spent time in Swansea Academy. Gary Richards knows him very well. Is that one of the reasons he brought Gary into the club? You know, not just for his coaching expertise, but because he has those contacts with a lot of promising young players. Definitely, obviously, he's been in prolific response over the years and worked within the first team as well, um, as well as abroad. So, no, he's a very experienced coach, knows a lot of players around around that area. We're, we're not, we haven't got a huge catchment where we are. We're, we're, we, yeah, we, we, 
do we do, do someone who's who's got those contacts got that black book and, and has seen a lot of these boys play um yeah definitely massive uh, massive asset having uh, having gary there and yeah mason played on friday and he looked he looked good very quick direct um you can tell he's quite raw and, and um and and the coaches will work with him over the course of the season but lots of ability there is quite explosive so uh, yeah good good player good addition and we'll give us another outlet on the on things obviously the role of the academy in the club and then the work that was done by steve batty in the past decade and so on has been so vital we see that now with products like jack wilson and ben Fawcett coming to the fore um ricky watts and others before there now obviously steve has left the club um you know he did make his feelings quite publicly known on that following that mark murison left there is now a, a vacancy for the head of coaching first how close are the bluebirds to, to appointing someone into that role uh, and are you concerned about steve Pat- batty's departure from the club given all the work he's done before and the contribution he's made to that senior squad yeah no it's been a turvy few months in the academy and and obviously there's been vocal uh people in vocal in, in the local area it's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's the impact of that um steve actually is going to be back within the academy in a coaching Right. So Steve, Steve, Steve will be back within the academy in in a in a technical role, and, and there's there's something for him to play in the future of the academy at, at any level, really. So uh, that's something that that has uh, that has changed. Um, I think with the role now, this is something I need to get right. I think this next appointment is a really big one. Even before I before I joined, there's a couple of age groups that within the academy have had a tough few years and it's it's ultimately take relationships aside take politics aside however you want to look at it take football opinions aside it's about it's about the that that's with the club and we need to make sure that the next person that comes in is is the right person the right character the right experience and someone that can be within the club for two three years as a minimum really because we it's hard to make much of an impact and look it's been a tough it's been a tough role to have over the last 12 months with the impact of covid and uh, and it's a new academy it's, it's, it's a requirement than it was previously now being in the premier league so it's it's a different it's a different animal so the learning curve for a lot of us but i think i'm quite clear on what i want now in terms of the the personality going forward and for me i think i think it's someone that can can go in and get on the grass and take things at face value and see the coaches for their ability, see players for their ability and, and just freshen things up. I think it's um, not that well, there's a lot of good people in the area, but I think we're in a position where we need someone to come in and and, and take everything at face value and, and, um, and, and judge people as you see. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and that's what we're looking at. And we've been very lucky to, to have had contact from some very, very, I mean, surprising from my point of view i think it, whoever we pick from from the candidates so far still open until friday so i'm, I'm hopeful that there could be could be one or two applications but the level the standard of interest is really shocked me to be honest and i think we're in a good position with whoever we pick sure um they've got a very very credible and very very good experience to uh drive the academy forward so yeah we're, we're not i'm not going to rush it but at the same time i know how important it is that we we get this field but i think with the applications that we've got the interest we've got i'm really confident we've got a, a good uh, <coughs> good level of candidates fantastic sure. bill you've got something to say yeah i'm pleased to hear that steve batty's back like fraser um because he has got expertise and i'm looking forward to seeing who the new guy is 
because uh, you do need someone with vast experience in that. I, I'm, I was very sad at the end of last season, Rob, because as Sean Pemberton, self-confessed number one fan, always, you know, if he, if he was playing, he was my man the match. If he wasn't and they lost, it was because Pems wasn't playing. And I was disappointed to see him go because we all thought, didn't we, that he typified Hanford West County. Uh, you got him back as um, coach. Uh, you must be pleased at that recruitment um, because he's going to serve the club well in a new role and he's got to get qualifications. Definitely. No, look, the, it's something we'd spoke about before he, well, at, at the point he decided to or, or started thinking about retiring, which was towards the end of the season. I mean, there was still a bit of football to be played, but I think it was uh, things were catching up with him a little bit and he was quite vocal that... Um, Probably now's the time to, to finish with a season in the Premier League, and and if he's probably like he's probably a best player, absolutely no question. He was uh, we missed him when he wasn't there, definitely, and you see that in in some of the defensive performances when he wasn't there. So he's a massive uh, massive character on and off the pitch. Um, it was something we spoke about in terms of working in a coaching capacity before the end of last season, and I think he he wasn't. I'm not really sure whether he he had the sort of whether this was a time where we had the confidence to step in or, or, or what he really wanted to do going forward. But, yeah, fortunately for us, mm. he's, uh, he's decided to to come back. You know, the players love him. They'll listen to what he says. You can see him on Friday in his first game in the dugout. He looked like he was really enjoying it and made a, made a, lot, of positive, uh, made a lot of positive noises from the dugout, worked defensively with the team. Yeah, he, he'll, be, he'll be a big asset, I'm sure, of that. Fantastic. Yeah, good. Lastly, Rob, um, you mentioned about your catchment area being quite small and uh, the importance of grassroots football to feed into the academy. And this week, we've all learnt of the news that Saunders Foot AFC is is wrapping up after I don't know how many years. But how much of an impact um, is local like that grassroots football going to have on on the higher tiers of football if you don't have nurtured talent go- going through going through the the local clubs? Question. So if and the less opportunity there is for them to uh, to show what they've got, flourish and, and move up. Look, we've, we have players that, that, have, that have come from, from grassroots football clubs and, and perhaps work alongside that within our academy. So um, no, I think it's, it's, it's massive and it's obviously really sad to see a lot of these clubs, not not just in Pembrokeshire, but all over the UK that, that have struggled and not just grassroots. I mean, there's 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 clubs with great history that have, uh, that have been impacted by this and you just have to see it as a as a missed opportunity sadly but hopefully there's enough opportunities out there for them to uh to keep their sort of football career going at whatever level they're at and look from our point of view it's um their potential potential players that can represent Halford West County at any level so um yeah it's it's sad but you hope that there's there's opportunities out there and and uh, the future career is not, not impacted in any way. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for, for giving us your time this evening, mm-hmm. Rob. Um, yeah, welcome onto the show at any time. And uh, I know that the boys are looking forward to getting down to, to the Bridge Meadow. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. hopefully, when it's all fine, uh, will you be having the 100 fans in that's been allowed as well? Is there something to look forward to for local local residents, local football fans? We, we, actually, we can actually just over 250. So we, uh, we've got... Decent number, decent number. Of our first, uh, actually, our first, first game of the season is away at Carnarvon. Is actually live on on S4C, so that will be um, that will be something to, to look forward to for for fans from afar. And our first home game, we'll be inviting two hundred guests um, on us, so people in the community, sponsors, 
NHS staff, volunteers, those that have supported the club and the community over the last 12 months, particularly, um, will like have at the have at the ground on us and have some hot drinks and Welsh cakes and, and toast our uh, our first game with fans back in the Cymru Prem. So that will be uh, hopefully a, a good event. And yeah, look, who knows what happened before what happens before then. Hopefully, there could be an opportunity to extend that number. But no, it's great to have to have fans back at any number. And for me, I've I've obviously been involved with Halford West 14 months now and, and not had the full match day experience so uh, it would be good for me to have that personally and obviously have at least 250 fans back into the stadium Fantastic so we, don't, we don't take it personally you forgot to mention Watson, Thomas and Khan in that long list <laughs> and, <laughs> and Bill is banned from eating the Welsh cake Rob yeah. <laughs> that's a given Bill Rob thank you so much for your time Chairman <laughs> Thanks, of Hamilton County AFC thank you Rob, thank you, Rob. Uh, after the break we're going Pleasure, to have you. Meg Jenkins joining us uh, Captain of Griselli Cricket Club talking women's cricket in Pembrokeshire thanks again <laughs> Wherever you're driving to this summer... How long do we get there? You need the perfect in-car soundtrack. Are we there yet? So take all your favourite digital radio stations and podcasts with you on the road and don't miss a thing this summer. It's easy to connect your smartphone to your car stereo via Bluetooth or aux in to listen on your favourite station app or radio app. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. <laughs> Love Radio. Go digital. Oh, farm ice cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Myler Farm Ice Cream. <laughs> Witness the evil power of Bedhead. No! My hair! Won't anyone help me? Stop right there, Bedhead! Your reign of hair meddling terror is over. Freestyle, my old nemesis. You can't stop me, boyo. Guess again. Eat laser. No! I'll get you next time, freestyle. Oh, thank you. No problem. When it comes to bedhead, you just got a freestyle. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield, Haverford West, on 07827 445589. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Search for Pure West Radio. There ain't no good. Goodbye. True love takes a lot of trying. Oh, I'm crying.
One for Bill there, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons with Let's Hang On for you on a Monday night. It is pure West Sport. We, you just missed Rob Edwards, Chairman of Half West County, talking to us here on the radio. But don't worry, you can listen back on the podcast tomorrow night. But right now, we are joined by Meg Arthur Fraser, if you'd like to do the introduction. Yes, Meg, an integral part of Cresselli Cricket Club and, and specific Cresselli Ladies team as well. And, and congratulations to them. They've just made it through to a third straight Clive Huxley Cup final. Meg, I know you've appeared in the last two. Um, I've been at both of them. I've been much luck for you. I know you've gone down to Burton, but it's your third in a row now. Having had the experience you've had with a new team and a young side in the last two years, how hopefully you can go on this year and, and get over the line? Um, well, I like to say we're hopeful. We've got lots of players available this year, which is, is great, but obviously it makes the uh, challenge of selection hard for the captain. Um, I think with the other semi-final happening now on Thursday, it's uh, Whitland and Haverford West. Either team that gets through, it's going to be um, a hard opposition for us. But as long as we play together and um, stick together as a team, anything's possible. Hopefully this year will be our year. And obviously it's been you and Bert in the last two years. We saw yeah. Finola scale down in Stackpole two years ago, change it changed the game and it was Luella scaled the year after didn't it how important psychologically is it for you you've actually beaten them en route to the final and and it's different opposition you haven't got any of those kind of mental scars from the last two years hanging over now going in yeah I think it was a really good uh, feeling to obviously beat them in the quarterfinals um, but like I said um, even if it's half of the West or Whitland that get through it they are a good team so you know they will be a challenging opposition for us um, but it's just given us that boost, I suppose, that we have managed to knock Burton out in the quarterfinals um, and just have to see now what happens on the day. Sure. Have you played Halford West and Whitland in the league uh, this season? We have. We, we. What sort of results have you had? So the season starts off um, in like a paired format. So we've played um, half of the dress and Whitlam because they're in our league because this year mm. we've got two leagues. So we did beat half of the dress. Um, I can't remember the scores off the top of my head, but again, no, no. paired format. But Whitlam did beat us in the paired format, but it was a very close game. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting final, whoever you uh, meet. Yes, yes, I think so. Yeah, but third time lucky for you, Meg. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Come in, Bill. Yeah, Meg, hi, nice to see you. As uh, by far the nicest member of the Jenkins family before you married Scotty. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, all joking aside, you have, you're one of about four girls, I think, who've broken the mould because I kept working in my latter years to Kath Huxley, Buggy, well, who's, yeah. uh, who's the, the cup's name in honour of her dad now. And, of course, there's Sam Rossett there in Hook. And... Uh, Jackie Williams in her Branston. Mm-hmm. And it was always said, people used to say to us, you've got a girl in the team. And and there was a little bit of sort of negative stuff. Now you are accepted as a cricket player when you play for a Cresselli and whatever team you're in there. You're not a girl playing cricket in the men's, you're a cricketer. Uh, have you noticed the change in that for the better? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I do agree. Um, and I think so many more girls now are playing at junior level um, that it's recognised there. Yeah. They're just yeah. part of the team. And I think it's coming through now as well that women are developing and they're good enough to play in 
especially when clubs have got third teams. You know, yeah, Casey Aaron is playing for Nayland now, for example, yeah, and bowling yeah. well. You... And I'm not sure if some of the Whitland girls might play for Whitland. I'm not 100%. But, Jess, um, Jess Gibby as well. Yeah, kind of stat yeah, yeah, Jess Gibby. She's even played mm. for the first a couple of times. Um, Emma you are more accept- you are accepted more. I, I feel now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. How how positive it overall is it made to see not just talking about Cresselli now the overall state of, of women's cricket in Pembrokeshire. We've lost Hook this year, which was a bit of a surprise after they were integral for so long. But we've got now a proper competitive league going on. We've got competitive cup competition. We've got so much more involvement at junior level. So as many girls as boys taking part in all stars. And, and of course, were it not for the COVID nineteen pandemic, we would have had a, a women's indoor league for the first time ever wouldn't we in Aden last year it's, it's in a lot healthier state what do you put that down to is it a case of breaking down barriers and getting the word out there or is it programs like all stars which are allowing girls to take it up at a younger age yeah I think it's a bit of everything um I know Martin Jones he's done a lot with the mm. junior setter um mm. and the all stars has helped as well because that's obviously um from age five I think isn't it and in primary schools as well um there's a you know push for you know developing it in pe cricket and and girls are just having a feel for it and then they're going to these festivals primary festivals there's a you know a, a girl competition and a mixed um at primary level um and then as well then you know you've got just progression in the women's as well because we had i think 10 teams entered this year and like you said, unfortunately, um, Hook and um, Narbeth folded this year. But then we had Pembroke Dock that have joined. Um, I know uh, Larn, they're entering lots of softball festivals this yeah. year. And, you know, are keen to get a women's team into the league. I heard Llan Ryan are trying and Shethred. Vicious rumour, but true. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we, you are hearing a lot more, uh, you know, clubs that are trying to develop a, a women's team. Um, which is great. So fingers crossed, the the league is just going to keep on thriving. Sure. What what would what's does the vision? What's the future of women's cricket look like to you over the next two to five years? If you if you're planning long term, what are the things that need to be put in place now to ensure that women's cricket does continue to thrive? Um, I think within clubs, generally, you need the support from from everybody you know, to push for the, for the women to have a team. Um, and then within the primary settings, just to continue um, promoting cricket and as well as the all-stars and dynamos, just to encourage, you know, girls to play cricket as much as possible so that they enjoy it and want to continue with that then. I know there's um, a, a girl now, I can't remember what age group, I think it's under 10s, and she's in the development, the county development squad. So that's what we want yeah. to see is more girls in the in the county development squad. And I think it's possible. And, and the final thing from me, Megan, does it help these youngsters that are at the top end of the scale, okay. the professional level now, there's a lot more exposure for the women's game, isn't it? There, there are test matches live, there are one-day internationals live. They're almost given dual coverage on, on websites now, along with the England's men and the England's women's side. And, of course, we've got the Welsh Fire coming this year. They have women's games, which will run before the men's game. Your tickets are inclusive of both. So they're attracting a, a wider audience worldwide, aren't they, for yeah, women's cricket? Yeah. And that can only feed down to youngsters who, who've got role models and, and people to look up to, and, and then they're not just turning on seeing men playing and wondering yeah. if they're allowed to play it themselves yeah yeah i agree 
Fantastic. Short and sweet, lovely. (laughs) 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 When's when's that final taking place again? Um, So the actual final is on Sunday, July the 25th. Sunday, July the 25th. And that's down in Stackpole, um, I assume a 12 o'clock start. (laughs) Well, good luck with that, Megan. I hope that this time that you do get the trophy. Yeah. You can't say that. You've got to be unbiased, mate. No, no. I, I wish Megan all the best and Chriselli all the best. They deserve yeah, to win thank it. Thank you. Yeah, an entertaining day of cricket, hopefully, for, for all. So, Megan, thank you so much. Please let yeah. us know how well. I know that the, these boys are going to find out exactly how it's gone anyway. But, um, yeah, well, wishing it, you it, all It'll take us a while. Mine, what, Stackpole, the place that Wi-Fi forgot. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll, we'll collect the scores the day after. Yeah. yeah. Meg, th- thank you so much for, for your time. Um, yeah, no problem. We're, we're, Thanks for having me. No problem. And, no uh, problem. Gentlemen, we I failed to mention it at the at the, at the very beginning, um, but before I, we talk about Ironman Wales, I mentioned it with Rob about Saunders' foot um, and them having to fold their football club. What impact? I mentioned, I asked it to Rob in the context of grassroots football and feeding into West County. Is there a wider issue, Fraser? There's a much wider issue, Tom. We're not talking about Pembrokeshire. I think we're talking about the grassroots game in Wales. It's been on its knees throughout this pandemic, and there's still no concrete sign of it coming out of it yet. You know, there's still so many clubs struggling with the protocols. We saw an example the other week. Solver played Fish God and Friendly. There was one case of COVID after, out of 30-odd boys. All 30-odd had to isolate for two weeks or, or a week or what. I had to take a week off work. It's put mm-hmm. both teams off playing. You know, and teams have been hit so badly by what's gone on these last 12 months. Saundersfoot was struggling anyway. They were hoping relegation into Division 2 was going to reinvigorate them, and it, and it hasn't happened. There's a lot of teams on the brink here, and, and this could just be the first of many to go, and I hope I'm wrong. But the warning signs are there now. Mm. Yeah, Bill, this is the first like major casualty, I suppose, of what we've been talking about for the last uh, couple of months here on Pure Sport. Did, did you think- <laughs> Yeah, I think Fraser's absolutely right. What I would add as well is there are far more players now ready to flip from club to club in search of some of them would rather win a medal in Division 4 than play Mm. well in Division 2. And that wasn't the same years ago. And it's a pity because, you know, I go back with Saunders Foot. Gordon will remember him as well. When they started as New Hedges and then New Hedges Saunders Foot in the 70s, they had an immense team. And I think... If you said me pick three games that I'll always remember, one was Gordon's when he played in the Senior Cup final over three games. Uh, that was epic. But one of the others would have been um, the first time the New Hedges had come through from Division 3, played against Johnson, who was the side then, and won mm. to one in the Senior Cup. And it was the, a brilliant game. And they had players there of high quality. You know, I spoke to Alan Brindley today, who I associate with Saundersfoot. And we were talking there about, you know, the people like Mike Harris, Hans, John and Greg, Glenn Graham, they're in goal. Do you remember John Stenson, a firebrand? Oh, John Stenson was Mid-feed. a man. I bet he kicked you a few times, Gordon. You probably he was a him. good player. Very yeah, good player. Oh, brilliant. Stenson. John Broomhead, Gary McNeely, we know. Richard Eastlake, who went to live in America then. Um, they were a side that played great football. And to see them now out, all I'm praying, Tom, is that someone will be able to rally them for the year after get started in the bottom division. Fraser will tell you they wanted to be out of the first division, Fraser, because they were getting pounded. Yeah? But, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, That's yeah. right. That that was what was killing them so heavily. But, you know, Pill's point there that you hope they have in a couple of years' time, almost the perverse thing here is if they were to re-enter Division 5, boys would flood back. 
because of the same point Bill yeah. made there. It's happened to yeah. Kennedy, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it happened to West Dragons trophies. when West Dragons yeah. formed. They saw a chance to, to to sail through leagues, and 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 it's happened too often in Pembrokeshire football of late. Sometimes boys have to move. We're not dealing with life or death professional football here. They have their reasons for doing so, but too many are running to the hills when the going gets tough, and that's a trend that started long before COVID. I have to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you could see the same with cricket. I mean, they almost yeah. folded. Luckily, people have yeah. rallied around and they're staying yeah. safe at the moment. Let's pray that they do. Sure. But it, I, I just feel sometimes people could be saying, I'll help. You know, I'll rally, I'll play. Um, and, and just get stuck in and keep a club going. Because once a club goes, I mean, God knows with Prendergast Villa, they started off, they used to have a busload going to every away match. And they, you know, they're still going. Are they still going? No, uh, no just they, finished, they, yeah. they folded after 25 years. But thankfully mm. this season, they're going to return to, as Fraser just said, the fifth division. Yeah, yeah good. good. And um, just lastly then, chaps, for the last um, minute or minute or so, um, the we had Alex Matchett on part one of, of the show talking to Fraser after the uh, Broadhaven Triathlon. Ironman Wales has committed its future to Tembe until 2026, but the decision is yet to be made whether or not it's going to go ahead this this year. Um, what's the latest, Fraser? The, the latest is we're expecting an announcement on Wednesday. It's fantastic news that it's here until 2026. There's so much great for Tembe, not just the whole event, but the economy, everything. It gets the crowds out. There's a magical atmosphere there. In terms of this year, it's very much in the air. I still think it's very difficult, given there doesn't seem to be any immediate lifting of restrictions in Wales. Let's forget what's happening in England. And and with the crowd sizes you have, I think it would be now and impossible, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I've, I've never actually been to an Ironman Wales park of Bailey. Park of Bailey, but not, <laughs> but not having the crowd there. The crowd is what makes it. The, 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 the Welsh national anthem going out into the ocean is yeah. is a highlight of what I've heard of everyone doing it. So it will. Be and also a lot of uh, top athletes not competing as well from mm. around Europe, uh, which was a big attraction. Yeah. Having said that, Tom, I still hope it'll go ahead. It's an epic occasion. It's outdoors. People can watch from the, the safety of their gardens and things and cheer the boys and the girls on. I mean, it makes me laugh. You can have 65,000, or with the idiots that got in, probably 67,000. Yeah. And you can have those all crowded together, but you can't have people riding and cycling and swimming and doing what's great, great stuff to watch as well. Yeah. So I'm 